Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this special five-part series, I'm joined by Mikhail Reeder-Gordon, Managing Director of Global Affairs at Affiliated Monitors, where she draws on her extensive subject matter expertise to manage the monitorships of corporate clients' assets and advise in matters of ethics and compliance. We consider why independence is so critical to monitorships, the ABA guidelines around monitorships, Mikhail's teaching compliance investigations at the International Anti-Corruption Academy. We look at cultural differences between international and domestic monitorships. And we conclude with an evolution of situations requiring a monitor. I know you will enjoy this podcast series. It's a fascinating exploration of multiple issues with a knowledgeable subject matter expert. In this episode four, we consider the cultural differences between international and domestic monitorships. This series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Mikhail Gordon for episode four of our five-part exploration on aspects of monitorships. Today, we're going to take up the most interesting topic of cultural differences between international and U.S. domestic monitorships. Mikhail, uh, first of all, welcome back. Well, thank you very much, Tom. So let's just hop into this because uh, this one really fascinates me. How do cultural differences and legal process differences affect the structures of monitorships in, uh, for individuals or entities? And I suppose I should have uh, foreshadowed this by uh, pointing out with the growing increase not only in international cooperation and investigations, but international cooperation in enforcement actions as late as Friday we saw a enforcement action involving Samsung where the United States and uh, Brazilian government were jointly sharing the um, um, uh, penalty uh, proceeds and uh, monitoring the case going forward. So how do we begin to think through that issue, Mikhail? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's helpful. I mean, certainly when structuring a monitorship of an entity or an individual, um, it, it, it definitely where it's in another country, or where we have an entity with a multinational, um, how we approach and interact with all the stakeholders and how we actually organize that monitorship is heavily impacted by cultural considerations. I've lived and worked in numerous countries, and I can tell you that beyond those legal processes, there are absolutely um, important cultural differences that have to be built in. For instance, I'll, I'll take an example here in the U.S., 
um, you know, there, there really isn't the same expectation that a corporation will, will take care of their employees beyond, you know, what's required under labor and employment law, uh, safety uh, laws. But in many other countries, employees uh, not only develop deep personal relationships with each other, really on, on a level that you and I might associate with familial relationships, uh, they also expect the company to take care of them, um, and and that includes how they treat even those who underperform or violate uh, rules. So when we're when we're looking at uh, getting feedback from employees for candid dialogue, we have to take that into consideration. You know, here here in the U.S., um, I you know we're, we're rarely surprised when an employment contract is terminated. But in many other countries, um, it just doesn't happen because that would mean firing essentially a trusted family member, which would undermine the fundamental sort of paternalistic expectation between the company and the employees. So we, we have to take that into consideration. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, identifying uh, compliance deficiencies or remediating a compliance and ethics program, even a set of behaviors um, that's led to the inclusion of a monitor, now, there can be significant differences in how we approach personnel in another country. Um, again, you know, you, you alluded to this, but many jurisdictions require or allow employees to have independent legal counsel uh, for even the most mundane meetings involving their workplace behavior or efforts. So that's a, you know, a marked difference uh, from here in the U.S. in the private sector. So how do monitors from different countries uh, work together? And if I could once again point back to the Samsung case where both uh, the Brazilian government and the Brazilian prosecutors and the Department of Justice signed uh, uh, in the United States, it was called a deferred prosecution agreement. In Brazil, it's uh, called a leniency agreement. But the company has to report to both sets of prosecutors how can an independent monitor really help navigate that process? So we're really, as a monitor, we're there to help the organization remediate and improve. We need that buy-in from all the stakeholders. So when we monitor in other countries, considerations of cultural sensitivities, norms, values, they're all part of our design of the, the monitoring program. And, and these cultural values, such as maintaining harmony within the organization, change how we approach interviews, dialogue with employees and managers, building consensus, uh, and so on. I mean, even, even such seemingly basic monitoring elements, such as asking and receiving questions uh, from an organization's employees or getting to a place uh, on how poor decisions can even be challenged within the company, is part of that design. You know, many cultures don't embrace challenging management, even when line employees know uh, that what the managers are doing are violating the law. So we take that into consideration. You know, we, we, here in the U.S., we, we expect um, employees, you know, to be, we can, we can call out and be fairly direct on, on highlighting where there is a problem identified Whereas uh, in another culture, we may need to uh, deliver what would, would be deemed, criticism is deemed deeply unpleasant. So we may have to take that to a very private setting where no one else is going to witness it. Um, 
you know, so improvement suggestions, we, we won't mess we won't necessarily make those to a team where blame might be apportioned to one individual uh, without causing some damage. So, um, you know, we, we're cognizant of that. Um, you know, many of us um, have worked under different legal regimes and, and we understand, you know, what different processes uh, may entail under those regimes, labor, reporting, whistleblowers, etc. And that's part of the design and and then, you know, because many of us have also worked or lived in other countries, um, it's helpful that we have local understanding, local knowledge regarding what's allowed under local law, which is an important consideration for the monitor and for those working with the monitor. You know, AMI, for instance, we have professionals in other countries. Many of us have lived and worked in these other places, um, and we have relationships on the ground. So that's a really advantage. Um, you know, when, when an entity is appointing a monitor who doesn't need a long ramp-up period uh, because they've, they're already familiar with these other cultural expectations and mores. If I could maybe turn the focus a little bit away from the company to the foreign regulator, how does someone like yourself, a company like Affiliated Monitors, begin to think through dealing with foreign regulators when there's a uh, some type of U.S. connection that brought you into the picture? Yeah, I think something that's very important to remember, and, and, and you know, a, a lot of times er, earlier uh, DOJ actions, I think in some jurisdictions were seen um, as the U.S. waving it a big stick um, and not taking into consideration local impacts. I think that shifted... Um, in the, in the more recent years, but we are still cognizant that that this is really this is this is a marriage. Um, maybe that's the wrong term because we have so many parties involved. Um, but understanding expectations, understanding uh, and helping clarify if that regulator in another jurisdiction has not worked with monitors um, to the level that say DOJ has, uh, helping them to understand. Our neutrality, that we, we are there to, we report back, we report back to um, both regulatory bodies um, equally, and, and we take their responses uh, at equal rate, and, and then to help them to understand our role, what we do, our independence, and, and keep the dialogue open. You know, we're, we're not their arm, but we're, we're also, um, we're, we're there to, to help uh, the entity evolve and get past uh, these mistakes and these um, really improve where they are and give confidence to everyone, not just the regulators. Mikhaila, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I hope our listeners will join us for part five, our concluding episode tomorrow, where we take a look at the evolution of situations requiring a monitor. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you to the Compliance and Ethics Blog. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of our five-part series exploring aspects of monitorships with Mikhail Gordon, Managing Director at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on Affiliated Monitors, check out their website, 
www.affiliatedmonitors.com. I hope you'll join us again for another episode where Mikhail and I take a look at another aspect of monitorships, which is something that you should consider in your compliance program going forward. This five-part series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.